you guys have come this morning because you uh, know that this is the last part of our series in the fruit of the spirit. And today we're talking about gentleness and self-control. And that's why you came here. Yes. And it was suggested we do the teaching on self-control last week. So, you know, New Year's Eve, just in case. No. Amen. Could you give another hand to our worship team and just that amazing time of worship? Thank you. Young, where's young Martin? Is he over there? No? He's in the back? Yeah? Yeah? Over at, uh, uh, the, that went to the store already? Yeah? <laughs> That's what happens. You lead worship, you go to the store. That's what you do. Anyway, let's all stand. I'm, we'll get into God's word this morning. God, thank you for your grace and for your mercy and for your love and for this amazing, amazing deal that you've given us. Lord, we have definitely got the better end of this. Um, and so we, we ask you to help us to be good representatives of you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Would you give someone a high five and have a seat, please? Amen. Amen. Right on. Right on with the right on. <clears throat> All right. Very nice. And so uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is what we've been talking about. And, um, uh, yeah, you know, these are not things that are on your dining room table that are uh, fake fruit. I don't know if any of you guys used to have that growing up, but we had the same fruit on our table for years. And uh, it got to the point where I started pulling off the grapes and throwing them at my sister. You know, it's like enough of this. Um, uh, the fruit of the Spirit is the character of Jesus. Uh, uh, without a doubt, the character of Jesus stands um, um, infinitely uh, above the character of any man that has ever lived before. And so the fruit of the Holy Spirit is the character of Jesus lived out in the life of the believer through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's the character of Jesus lived out in the life of the believer through the power of the Holy Spirit or through the life of the Spirit living through us. Uh, it's, it's, it's who the Lord is. Um, and again, uh, uh, we've been stressing this point that these are not just great characteristics or character qualities that we should follow because they're nice to follow or because they're good things. The reason that we follow these characteristics is because they are the character of Jesus. Uh, it's not just that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nice, it's nice to be patient. Well, may, you know, maybe it is, uh, maybe being impatient is nice. Who's to say, but because God is patient, so we are patient with others. And so another thing I want to stress to you is that these are supernatural things. These are not natural. Uh, we've been stressing all, all throughout this whole study that, um, uh, we don't have, uh, the, um, uh, we, we can't say, well, that's just not how I am. You know, I mean, I'm just not very kind. Okay. Oh, well, oh, that's, that's colored water. That's lychee. Asian fruit. Wow. Okay. Very. Uh, mugu mugu. You sure that's not African? I don't know. Mugu mugu. That almost. Okay. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Okay. Well, appreciate it. Thank you. I will uh, check out those ingredients. Yeah. Here we go. Thank you. Um. These are not things that we can just uh, naturally produce. Uh, they're supernatural, okay? Uh, they're a result of a relationship with Christ. And, and again, the Spirit of God flowing through us. Uh, so it's based in relationship. See, if I don't have a relationship with Jesus, why would I be more patient? Why would I be more kind? 
why would I be more loving? Oh, those because those are nice things to do. Yes, but 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 we have more than just that. We have Christ in me, living through me, that gives me the ability. Uh, but it starts with relationship uh, with Him. It's it's not also it's not uh, self inspired. Uh, it's not well, you know. If you just dig deep, man, you can be uh, you can be better at this. You know, it's you you have the ability to do it. When the reality is, I don't. I, I can't just you know you know if I I think I can, I think I can, I think I no. This is not what we're talking about. Okay. Um, and another thing is, it takes me beyond my limits. Uh, it takes me beyond my capabilities uh, for love and joy and peace and patience and, and kindness and goodness and, and, and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. It, it takes me beyond my limits. See, don't, don't you want to worship a God that will, that will take you beyond what you're able to do? Don't you want to worship a God who, who says, okay, I see that, that, that your kindness level is here, but we're going to take it and we're going to move it up to here. And you go, whoa, I, there's no way I could be that kind. God says, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. In fact, I'm going to put you in situations where, where, where I'm going to work through you and cause you to be more gentle. And we go, oh, Lord. Here's the last thing I want to tell you in kind of my opening is that, is that these, these fruit are mostly lived out in our relationships with others. Okay, get that. These fruit are mostly lived out in our relationships with other people. This is where the rubber meets the road. It's how we treat others, how we think about others, what we say about others, what we say about others to other people. Ah, see, this is where it, it, it all works. <clears throat> Here's the reality. <clears throat> We're not perfect. No one is. But if my Christianity doesn't work on my block, at my address, in my home, then it doesn't work outside of it. And so the other thing is that these are things that we need to um, uh, work in and live in uh, starting in our own home. That's a great place to start. I didn't say it'd be easy, but a lot of times we're kinder to those outside of our house than those who are inside of our house. Sometimes. Okay, you still with me? All right, everybody say gentleness. Oh, yes, gentleness. Um, what comes to mind when you think of the word gentle? Don't say Jesus. I know we're in church. Okay, say something else. But uh, that's the answer. But what else? Lamb, lambs. Okay, yeah, not too many uh, football teams call the lambs, you know. And here come the running lambs. What? There are some funny names for some sports teams, but Lambs is not one of them, right? Even if you're a Christian school, you want to be the Lions, not the Lambs. Anyway, what else? Soft. What else? Kittens. Mellow? Ooh, mellow. Charmin? That's, that's soft, not gentle. Okay, we'll give you Charmin. Don't squeeze it, by the way. You're probably the guy that does that. Don't squeeze it. What else? I'm sorry? Kindness. Okay, yeah. Kind, yeah. Right. Compassionate. Okay, those are all good words. You know what came to mind when I thought of the word um, um, gentleness was Brian Dawkins. Some of you are laughing, some of you are not. 
Brian Dawkins was a 15-year NFL veteran, uh, Philadelphia Eagles and the Denver Broncos, but you knew that. Um, <clears throat> Nine-time Pro Bowler and a, a man of faith, a man of tremendous faith, and a man who uh, off the field was incredibly meek and gentle, and yet on the field was incredibly ferocious. And so someone asked him the question once in an interview, and they said, so, so, you know, Brian, how is it that you're able to be so, like, like meek was the word that they used, off the field, but then on the field, you, the way that you play was such reckless abandon. And he said this, and I'm not quoting it exactly, but this is just about what he said. He said, he goes, well, you know, I'm a Christian, and that's the way God calls me to live my life. And then he said, and he kind of turned his head sideways and said, but if you think that because I'm a Christian, when you come through that hole, I ain't going to put something on you. Uh, you know, you got another thing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's perfect, right? I mean, uh, you know, like gentleness is not necessarily a character attribute that you want on the football field. <clears throat> that doesn't mean that you can't still be meek. Isn't that interesting? Or gentle. Okay, is gentleness even relevant today? Whew. You know what? Whether it's relevant or not, it is relevant because it's a character quality of Christ. Matthew chapter 11, verse 18, Jesus says this. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and what? Gentle at heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden that I give you is light. See, that's why we are gentle. Because he is. It's, it's who he is. And it's how he treats us. Notice the connection between humility and gentleness. See, 2 Corinthians 10.1, Paul the Apostle says this, Now I, Paul, myself am appealing with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lonely, um, uh, lowly among you, but being absent and bold toward you. <clears throat> Paul, speaking about the church in Corinth, says, man, Paul the Apostle, he's soft, man. You know, he's, he's, he's weak. And he says, no, 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 you know, don't, don't mistake this. And, and Paul uses the word meekness and lowliness with gentleness. So here's the key. First key point is that gentleness requires humility. Gentleness requires humility. You cannot be gentle without humility. The two go together. Gentleness is the attitude of humility and meekness toward others that serves and values them. It's the attitude of humility and meekness towards others that serves and values them. Gentleness, once again, flows from God or the love of God working through me, okay? It flows from the love of God working through me, okay? Why do we need to be gentle? Well, hopefully you have a little bit of an understanding of why. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 5 says this, and many of you know this scripture verse says, rejoice in the Lord, how often? Always, that is in the Amplified Bible, delight, take pleasure in him. Again, I say rejoice. Let your, what? 
gentle spirit. Here's what that means. Your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. You get that? Let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, and tolerance, and patience be what? Known to whom? To all people. Let it be known to all people. Listen, God is all-powerful. He is omnipotent. He's all-powerful, and yet he is what? Gentle. Get the connection? God is all-powerful. He can do whenever he wa- whatever he wants, whenever he wants to do it, however he wants to do it, without explaining to anybody. He can do anything. He can create something out of nothing. Okay? He can, he can bring things that are dead to, to life. But guess what? He is also, with all that power, he is gentle. And so he wants us to learn to be like him. Because here's, here's, a, here's a key. If you, the, the more gentle you are, the more humble you are, the more God uses you. It's true. If you want the power of God flowing through you, then let the gentleness of God live through you. It said that Moses was the most humble man on the earth. Moses. Moses. It says that he was the most humble man on the earth. There's very few, if any, in all of the Bible that were used with such power as Moses was. And yet, he was the, when he was on earth, the most humble man on earth. It's amazing. Do you see the connection? Okay? God wants us to show that same gentleness that Christ showed to others, to others in our lives. John chapter 8, there's a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. It's always interesting to me that the man is nowhere around because as far as I know, adultery requires two people, okay? If she's caught in the act, where's the dude who was also caught in the act? Hypocrisy, okay? So instead of being full of pride and self-righteous and condemning and casting the first stone at this, at this woman. Jesus doesn't, doesn't do that. But he, he responds to her, even though she was caught in the act of sin, he responds to her with what? Gentleness. And he tells this woman, this woman, listen, listen, all of these people here are accusing you because there were men that were gathered around that had picked up stones or were, were going to pick up stones to, to stone her to death per the law of Moses. And yet Jesus treats her gently and says to the men, he, you who is without sin, cast the first stone. All, if you've never sinned, go ahead, man. Like you ain't got no baggage in your life. Go ahead. And guess what? They all drop their stone. They all walk away. Jesus treats her gently and says, woman, where are your accusers? And she looks up and says, I have none. And Jesus says, neither do I accuse you. How about that for gentleness? But he doesn't leave it there. And he says, now go. What did he say? And, and you know, cut this nonsense out. And I believe that she did. We don't know that. But I believe her life was, was changed forever 
because of one encounter, the gentleness of God. God is gentle and he expects us to be gentle with others. Pride often keeps us from being gentle to others, especially those that we don't like or those who have wronged us. Uh Uh-uh. You get no gentleness from me. You get wrath. It doesn't mean we shouldn't have boundaries. There's a place for boundaries. Um, Or that it's okay that you've been wrong or hurt by someone else. But the law of gentleness still prevails. Still prevails. See, it turns out that people need a gentle touch sometimes to get to God or to change their life. See, that's what that woman needed who was caught in the act of adultery. See, she, she had a relationship with someone, but that relationship brought no value and it brought no love. And she was guilty for her sin. And maybe the, maybe the biggest thing that she, her biggest issue was the cry of her heart for someone to genuinely love her and to treat her with gentleness, which Jesus did. Hmm. People need a gentle touch to see Jesus and to change their lives. May we, the church, be known not just for what we disagree with, but known for our gentleness and our love. May we be known for that. May we be known for that. And so let me bring gentleness. Um, um, oh, oh no, I want to give you an example. Luke chapter 9, Jesus is traveling with the disciples. This is what not to do. This is what not to do. <clears throat> He's traveling with the disciples and they tried to pass through a Samaritan village and the Samaritans, you know, and the Jews, they had this, they had this, this, uh, you know, Hatfields, McCoys, uh, uh, 1960 Alabama, black side, white side. I mean, it was this, uh, this, uh, uh, this, this hatred. The, the, the Jews had a hatred for the Samaritans. Um, and so much so that sometimes traveling south from Jerusalem, they'd go around Samaria. They wouldn't even go through it. And of course, Jesus bucked all those trends. We know we're going right through Samaria. What? Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's kind of what they did. And so uh, the people did not receive Jesus because he was going, uh, uh, continuing on to Jerusalem. And so James and John, also known as the sons of thunder, asked Jesus this question in, uh, in uh, John, uh, Luke nine fifty four. 54. Uh, Jesus, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven to consume them just like Elijah did? How's that for gentleness? The sons of thunder. What? Oh, you don't want to do with Jesus? Okay, watch what we do. Jesus, remember how Elijah threw down fire? Well, we're ready to throw it down on these people. You want us to call it on down? <laughs> Could you imagine? You know? And Jesus responds gently to James and John, and it says this, Luke nine fifty five. you do not know what kind of spirit you are. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. How did James and John respond to that? So, no. <laughs> like they met, probably walked away and said, uh, what kind of spirit we are? What does he mean by that? <clears throat> I, I don't know, but... Is that good? No, it can't be good. It, it, it can't be good. I don't. I don't. I told you we shouldn't have asked Jesus if we could call down fire. I told you you wouldn't listen. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. 
Okay? Don't, don't do that. Let me bring gentleness home, then we'll move on to the reason you're here this morning, self-control. Is it warm in here or is it just me? Yeah, it's warm, huh? Well, I think I'll... Before we, before we bring gentleness home, can I crank the air down? Would that be okay? Yeah, just a little bit. Let me see if I can get this thing. Heat setting. Yeah, huh? Hold on. Just say hello to your neighbor next to you just for a second. Yeah, there we go. Just, uh, just a little bit. I want to keep you engaged this morning. I know that macho combo burrito is just about ready to kick in, isn't it? No? That leftover stuff. Mmm. This is good. It's chunky. I didn't expect that. Mm. Thank you, sister. One more. <laughs> Love you so much, but you got to tell me when it's chunky, okay? Mm. You got to tell me that. All right, let me bring gentleness home to you, all right? Three questions. Um, have I been gentle in my encounters with others? And if not, why not? Have I been gentle in my encounters with others? And if not, why not? Whew. Wow. Secondly, uh, as, as um, am, am I, I hope that, uh, yeah, am I gen, uh, gentle with others as God has been gentle with me every day? Um, thirdly, do people describe me as gentle? Or am I critical, brash, or harsh? And if I am, why? Why? Lastly, about gentleness. Gentleness is not weakness, but strength. Men, do you hear me? I'm sorry, men, I don't hear you. Did you hear me? Gentleness is not weakness, but strength. Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they shall, what, inherit the earth. Okay? All right. How many of you got some work to do on that gentleness thing? Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. Holy Spirit, catch me when I'm not being gentle. Catch me. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I should not have said, oh, catch me, Holy Spirit. Okay, let's move on to self-control. I want you to take um, just a few, like, 15 seconds, 10 seconds, and write down the top two or three things that you struggle with when it comes to self-control. Don't let nobody else see it. And don't give, don't give anybody else an answer. You're like, oh, did you write this down? Because that's, no. The top two or three things that you struggle with. Galatians chapter 5, Paul the Apostle contrasts people who are out of control we call that the works of the flesh uh, versus the fruit of the spirit. And this is what he says, Galatians 5, 19 through 21. But when you fo follow your own wrong inclinations, your lives will produce these evil results. Impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasure, idolatry, spiritism, that is, encouraging the activity of demons, hatred, fighting, jealousy, anger, constant effort to be the best for yourself, to get the best for yourself, I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> complaints <clears throat> and criticisms, the feeling that everyone else is wrong except those in your own little group and there will be wrong doctrine. He goes on, verse 21, envy, murder, drunkenness, wild parties and, also, and all that sort of thing. Let me tell you again as I had before that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
That's what he says. Okay. That's the living Bible. <clears throat> um, the Bible often lists things in order with a purpose. Uh, the Ten Commandments. Um, uh, does anybody know the Tenth Commandment? The last one? Anybody, anybody know that? It's about co uh, 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 coveting, right? Not coveting your neighbor's house or goods or wives or nothing. Uh, covetousness, because, because it turns out that all of the other uh, nine uh, are because of covetousness. See, I steal because I'm coveting. I, I take my neighbor's wife because I'm coveting. I have other gods before him because I'm coveting, because I want gods that feed me and do what I want them to do, and so I covet. Uh, so there's a reason for the order. The same applies, applies to the fruit of the Holy Spirit. What's the very first fruit of the Holy Spirit? <clears throat> right, love. Why, lo why is love listed number one? Because everything else flows from love. The love of God in me poured out to others. The last one is self-control. Why is the last one self-control? Because think about this. Um, it will, uh, uh, if if I don't have self-control, I won't wait for true love, but instead I will live a life of lust. If uh, uh, it, uh, it, it will take self-control to have joy in the midst of tough times. To pursue peace with others will take self-control. Uh, if I'm going to patiently bear and, and deal with others, that's going to take what? Self-control. Um, if I'm going to show kindness to others, what's that going to take? Self-control. Hey, listen, man, you know what? No, you get no more kindness. I'm through with you. No, it's going to take self-control to be kind to others. Uh, to, do, to do good rather than evil to others will take what? To be faithful and not have my faith shattered during hard times will take what? And to be, gent to be a gentle servant of the Lord will take what? Self-control, they, they're all based on the love of God in me and through me, and they will all take self-control. <clears throat> now, let me just tell you this. Self-control is not one of the attributes of God. Self-control is not one of the attributes of He is love. He is joy. He gives peace. He, he is patient, he is kind, he is all of the fruit of the Spirit, but he is not self-controlled. Do you know why? Because he always is in control. Ah, okay, don't leave yet. Don't leave. Was, some, some of y'all was getting ready to leave. What? Yeah, God is, God does not exhibit that because he always has that. And so the word means possessing power strong or having mastery or possession of first corinthians 7 9 says but if they uh, speaks about uh, 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 lustful pleasures uh, uh, to those who are uh, engaged to be married and says if they can't control themselves they should go ahead and marry for it's better to marry than burn with lust they lack that First uh, Corinthians 9.25 speaks of the control of an athlete over his body and its desires when training for the athletic games, mastery over, over one's uh, desires, and impulses, and appetites. Second uh, Corinthians 3, 1 through 5 says this, speaking of the end times, but realize this, that in the last days difficult times will come. Men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious, 
gossips and without self-control. Brutal, haters of God, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. In the end of the end days, we will see an increase in a lack of self-control. And today, it's almost like the, the more out of control you are, the more people want to be around you or see it. And we have these reality TV shows that are based on people who are nothing but out of control. And it's like the weird, the weirder, or the freakier, or the stranger it is, the more people are drawn to it. It's insanity. It's insanity. Okay? Well, um, <clears throat> think of this. I was thought about this. Think of self-control as having boundaries. That, write that word down, boundaries. Uh, anything without boundaries will hurt you and your relationships with others. Isn't that true? Think of self-control with the word boundaries. Here's an example. Proverbs 29.11 speaks about anger. And it says, A fool always loses his temper, but a wise man holds it back. Why? Because he has self-control. Proverbs 23, 29 and 30, regards to drinking. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of the eyes? Those who linger long over wine, those who go to taste mixed wine, they lack self-control, okay? Proverbs 6.26 speaks about lust. We've already discussed that. Ambition, Proverbs 23.24 says, do not weary yourself to gain wealth. Cease from your consideration of it. When you set your eyes on it, it is gone. And he says, for wealth certainly makes itself wings like an eagle that flies towards the heavens. Hey, how about spending? Maybe this should have been a discussion during the Christmas season. Proverbs 21.20 says, here is precious treasure and oil in the dwelling uh, of the wise, but a foolish man swallows it up. Swallows up what? Treasure. Swallows it up, and it's gone. Our speech. You know, James chapter 3, verse 6, we know we need to have self-control with our speech. Huh. So often these things, these things that we're talking about manifest themselves by how we treat others, but also how we speak to others. Ooh. So let me just give you some, some, some examples of some things to do. Number one, write this down. Start with yourself. Self-control. Self, start with yourself. Start with yourself. Don't start with somebody else. John Maxwell's book, Developing the Leader Within You, says this. The, f the first victory that successful people ever achieve or win is the victory over themselves. The moment we begin to have victory over our own flesh and our own desires and become self-controlled, then all of a sudden we can become victorious over other things in our lives. Okay? Start with yourselves. Proverbs 25, 28 says this, whoever has no rule over his own spirit, that is, they lack self-control, is like a city broken down without walls. Is that good? The moment we lose our self-control or uh, self-discipline, we are without any kind of protection. We're like a city that's not protected. It's like Nellis Air Force Base with no fences and no guard post. Yeah. Huh. 
yeah. Okay. Uh, D.L. Moody, the great evangelist, was asked this question. Of all the people you come in contact with, who gives you the most trouble? And this great theologian and evangelist said, I have the most trouble with myself. Preach. Preach. Whew. So start with yourself too. Be responsible for who you are. Mm. Be responsible for who you are. <clears throat> you are today what you decided yesterday, and you will be tomorrow what you decide today. September 1988, uh, uh, two Akron, Ohio uh, uh, carpet layers, Gordon Falker and Gregory Roach, were severely burned when a three-and-a-half-gallon container of carpet adhesive ignited when the hot water heater it was sitting next to kicked on. Both the men felt the warning label on the back of the can was insufficient. Apparently, words like flammable and keep away from heat didn't prepare them for the explosion that happened. And the crazy thing is they filed suit against the adhesive manufacturers. Is that crazy? You want to know what's even crazier? The, the company was called uh, uh, Paracam. What's even crazier is a jury agreed on, and, and awarded them $8 million. Be responsible for who you are. Here's another thing that I would say is, you know what? You can start right now, or you can be serious and start right now, today, today, start today. Uh, take that list of those three, two or three things that you wrote down a little bit earlier, and um, which one hurts the most? Which one hurts the most? Start right there. That area where you lack self-control. Which one hurts you or costs you the most? Start there. Start with that one. Okay? Here's another thing that we can do and that we'll take. We're going to have to be strong and we're going to have to be disciplined. We're going to have to be strong and we're going to have to be disciplined. Isn't that true? Self-control will take strength and will take discipline. But we're talking about a fruit of the Spirit Remember, it's the Lord flowing through us. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 says, Do you not know that those uh, who run in a race all run, right? Everybody runs, but only one receives the prize. And so Paul says, run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises what? Self-control in all things. We don't have time to go into the strict training that these men went through. In the, uh, in the training for the games, but it was unbelievable what they did. And so they exercised self-control in all things, their diet, what they ate, what they drank, the way that they trained, when they trained, where they trained, how they trained, okay? They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Be strong, <clears throat> be disciplined. In 9.27 where he says, I discipline my body. The Amplified Bible says, I treat it or I handle it roughly. I discipline it by hardships. I subdue my body. Sometimes you got to just, just take control of your body, right? You say, no, you're not having that. No, we're not going there. No, we're not doing that anymore, okay? Okay, the last thing I want to give you uh, uh, this morning is this, and I think this is critical. Are you ready for this? Are you all still with me? Because I can go over it again if we need to. 
No? No? What time's the game on? You know, uh, I don't even know. I'm sure there's plenty. All right, here's the last thing. Write it down. Involve others. Oh, 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 you had to go there. I'm preaching to myself, sports fans. Hmm. Involve others. Involve others. Involve others. Um, <clears throat> do you have a Paul in your life? Somebody who speaks into your life? Why not? Do you have a Barnabas in your life? Someone that you link arms with as iron sharpens iron, so one man or woman sharpens the countenance of another. Okay. Uh, do you have that? Do you have a Timothy in your life? Do you have somebody that you're pouring into and that you're raising up in the faith? Do you have that? Ha. Huh. Involve others in accountability. A person who is self-disciplined welcomes accountability. A person who is self-disciplined welcomes accountability. Could you imagine a coach going to a player and says, you know, and saying to that player, you know what, there's a lot of things that you do well, but there's one thing that I really want to talk to you about. But if you don't want to hear it, I won't tell you. And that player going, you know what, I'd just rather not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. A person who is self-disciplined welcomes accountability. Four questions that uh, John Wesley, oops, excuse me, 18th century Anglican priest who started the um, uh, Methodist movement, um, uh, four questions that he would have people ask in uh, really light groups, discipleship groups. Um, these are groups that, that he started, um, getting people uh, to meet together weekly to pray um, because he recognized the value of accountability and the value of having 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 intimate relationships with others. He recognized the value of that. And they would meet together, they would pray, they would worship, and they would spend time in the scripture. Small groups, two, three, four people. It wasn't like 50 people. Small groups, because once you get too big, you lose that accountability and you lose that intimacy. Okay? Uh, yeah? Okay. All right, 18th century Anglican priest. So we're going back. So, so that, that truth hasn't changed. So, so here are the four questions. Are you ready? By the way, uh, our Facebook page, our Living Grace Facebook page, Living Grace Las Vegas, not Living Grace Filipino Church, wherever that is. You know, if you look at the other Living Grace, you're going to find some Filipino folks. You'll be like, I don't recognize any of these people. That's not us. Uh, there's another. But anyway, Living Grace Facebook page. I put these things on there if you want to see it there. Here's what he says. Ready? Number one. Ask these questions or have someone ask you and have a relationship where you can ask these questions with someone. What known sins have you committed since we last met? Could you imagine? Going to guys, could you imagine going to a group of guys every week and everybody kind of just putting everything out on the table and saying, okay, man, it's been a week. How have you sinned? I ain't telling you. All <laughs> right. Ah. Uh, Oh, hey, man, Joe Bob missed the meeting. It's the third week in a row. What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. He don't want to talk about what's going on, right? Ah, what known sins have you committed since we last met? And then if any, what shall we do about it? Oh, number two, what temptations have you faced? Weekly, could you imagine? Number three, how were you delivered from those temptations? Well, quite frankly, uh, uh, Bob, I wasn't. <laughs> I, I have not been delivered from that. To, well, let's pray, man. Let's pray. And we'll be praying for you. Man, the accountability. 
Okay, fourthly, what have you thought, said, or done of which you are uncertain whether it was sin or not? Living grace, you have got to buy into this. You have got to buy into this. We live in a culture that does not welcome this kind of accountability in our spiritual lives. For whatever reason, could you imagine? Now, we have various light groups that meet. We have men's groups. We have women's groups. We have couples groups. We have just groups that meet. And and these four questions aren't asked every week. They're not. But as time goes on and as intimacy grows, these kinds of questions begin to get asked and they begin to get answered. I just want to challenge you. We have, you've got to buy into this. You have to. You have to buy into this. I have to buy into this. We have to do this. And there might be some work issues or some because you work crazy hours. Okay, I get that. I get that. Get connected. Get connected. Come on. Really? Get connected. And even if it's not in a light group setting, get 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 men, get get one or two other men that you could connect with. Ladies, you do this naturally. If you're not in some sort of accountability group, why not? And maybe you have friends that you talk to. Okay, okay, maybe it's not weekly, but start somewhere. Start somewhere. Please, we got to do this. We got to do this. We can't keep living this Christian life apart from other Christians in intimacy. Sunday night's cool. Sunday's cool. Wednesday, I was thinking Wednesday night. Sunday and Wednesday, it's cool. But it doesn't get to that depth that we need. It doesn't. Okay? Okay? We got to do this. We got to do this. Because people who... operate and want discipline, self-control in their life, welcome accountability. They welcome it. Do you? Don't answer. Let's pray. God, we're, oh God, we are so blessed to be in relationship with you. We've had a wonderful day today, a wonderful time of corporate worship, a wonderful time of just um, being together on New Year's Day. Cool. This is cool. It's a good thing to be together, to worship, to pray, to receive, to give. Um, Lord, now we, we ask that by your spirit that you would challenge us in this area of self-control. Um, we're not perfect, God. We, we're in need. And we need you more than anything else. And you know what else, Lord? We need one another. We need one another. Would you challenge our hearts this morning in those two areas? Would you challenge our hearts, Lord, by your spirit? And as we are praying together as a family, if in your heart, you just know that you're not in relationship with God. 
we've talked about some of these errors and you know that you don't have self-control. You know that gentleness is a stretch for you. But maybe it's because you're not in relationship with Jesus. But in your heart, you feel like, that's me. I need that. I want it. I embrace it. You may not know all the doctrine. You may not know all the scriptures, but you just know in your heart that you need the Lord. If that's you, would you lift up your hand that I could pray with you? You just say, yeah, God, that's me. Today, first day of 2017, I surrender my heart to you, Lord. I don't even know everything that that means, and I know it's going to cost, but Lord, I can't help it. Is that you? Is that anybody in here? I want to give you that opportunity. Anyone at all who would say, yes, God, that's me. That's me. All right. All right. I see a hand in the back. Amen, sister. Amen. Amen. Write it down. Write the day down and follow Christ. Follow him. Anyone else? All right. I want to give a challenge to, to the church that if you know that, that you're not connected, you, you have a relationship with Christ and, and you, you attend church, you're a member maybe, you've been baptized maybe, but you know that you're not accountable. You know that you don't have anybody that you're connected with because, oh, that's just how I am, or I just don't believe I, I'm accountable to God. I don't need to be accountable to anybody else. Or, but, but, th- but today, you know that your email has been read, and you just feel like, God, that's, I need to do this. I need to do this, God. Church, if that's you, would you raise your hand before the Lord and say, God, help me in this area. And I'm going, to, I'm going to pray about it, and I'll do what you say. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Amen. Amen. Amen, church. This is what we need. You'll say, God, I'll, I'll, I'll join a light group. I'll, go to, I'll, I'll, I'll search out one or two guys or gals that I can be. I'll, I'll do it, God. I will. I want to be connected. I want to be accountable. Anyone else? Church, is that you? Is that you? Amen, sister in the back. Yay. Yay. Let's do it. Let's all stand together. Let's all stand together.